the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're so glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministry is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer for you today is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God designed you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Last week we left off on verse 13 of chapter 2 in Ephesians. And we're going to start there. The thing we have to realize, and, and again in Ephesians, what we're going to hear over and over again with Paul speaking to the Ephesians is that he wants them to understand that their basis for life is in Christ. They have no other basis. One of the main reasons he's so strong and he keeps reiterating, number one, is the truth that he lives out of. He has found it to be absolute truth for life. But he has pastored the Ephesians for two years and he is away from them and he wants them to understand that what he gave them was not his education, was not his learning, was not his preaching. What he gave them through the power of the Holy Spirit was the truth of their relationship in Christ. That relationship is not dependent on another human being. It's dependent upon Christ alone. We're in bad shape if our relationship with the Lord depends on us on any front. How many of us have made commitments to the Lord? And how many of those have you kept? There is only one commitment that we make that is kept, and it is kept by Him. It is the covenant we made before Him when we handed Him our life. And I will tell you something, it's irrevocable because at the point you made the commitment to receive Him and allow Him to be life to you, you died, and there's no resurrecting you. What was birthed through the work of Christ and through the resurrection life of Christ is you became a new creation, a new creature. You can't go back because you would have to become something you're not. Do you ever think about that? There's no returning to who you were. You can act like who you were, but you can't return to who you were. And here's the problem, Christian, as we act like we don't have a God, the more miserable we become. And sin proves the truth that a life without God doesn't suit us. Let's look at Ephesians 2.13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were so far away, through and by, in the blood of Christ, have been brought near. We as Christians have literally been brought through the blood of Christ into the very lineage or family of God. This is what I'm talking about, about being birthed in Him. When He says being brought near, He is not talking about proximity. 
Because so many of us emotionally and conceptually look at it that way. We've, we've picked up on religious attitudes that, that literally, in our thinking, separate us from God. Here's one. Father. Well, where is God? Where is the Lord dwelling right now? No longer in temples made by hands, but He dwells within you, within the center of your being. You have a hard time getting close to a God that you have a vision of sitting on some golden diocese somewhere out there. It's a simple, subtle thing, but it makes a difference in how you think. We pick up these these little nuances in the way we worship, and it immediately reinforces the idea that the enemy is trying to reinforce that you are not near, you are in fact far away, and the more you sin, the further away you get. Well, I'm going to tell you the amount of sin in my life, I shouldn't even be in the same universe as he is. How about you? If sin is the separation, then Christ's death on the cross for you, Christian, didn't work if sin is still pushing you further and further away. It didn't work. But it did work. For it says right here, by the blood of Christ, by His blood, you were birthed. You became a new creature and you have been brought near into family by blood. You were born into His family, into His lineage. You are now part of Christ's family. In Ephesians, remember chapter 1 verse 5? He foreordained, which means He planned ahead, destined us, planned in love for us, to be adopted. Listen, guys, when you hear the word adopted there, He's not talking about what we think of adoption. He's not talking about picking out an orphan and taking it unto Himself and calling Him His own. Because in the the issue of adoption, they're, they're addressing human birth, and human birth. You've got somebody born from a different parent attaching themselves to a family of a different parent. And it's a legal transaction. But with God, adoption is a whole different thing. In the Hebrew custom, a child was born into a family, and if it's a boy, the heir, they would not call him literally the... They would call him the heir, but he would not participate in any of the privileges of being an heir until he was adopted. An adoption was when he became of age. And he became of age at a certain time. And at that point, they had an adoption. And what happens there is he is revealed to everyone as the heir. At that point, he makes purchases in his father's name. He transacts business in his father's name. All that his father has is his because he has been revealed as the father's son. Every one of you have been revealed Adopted by God as His own. Listen to it. To be adopted, revealed as His own children. Does He equivocate? He doesn't say, my brother by another mother or any of that kind of garbage. He's very clear. You're His own. His own children through Jesus Christ, through the blood, in accordance with the purpose of His will, because it pleased Him and was His kind intent. When did He have that intent? Look at the beginning. Before the foundations of the world, before Adam was ever formed, it was His intent to bring His children through the blood, that they would choose Him. 
Because we know, Christians, the only way we receive Him is to choose Him. We have to choose His life. Now we are His own. The nearness that He is talking about, having brought us to Him, is not proximity, it's intimacy, and it is a union greater than marriage. It is a union greater than marriage. It is, it is a compatibility both in substance and in truth that He has called you His very own. You are born unto Him and the union of His life and yours is shared. It is together you live life. There is no separation. There is no separation. The word for union in the Bible is oneness. And you are one with Christ. Now, does that mean you're God? No. So don't even go there. And if you don't believe me, you go out there and try to prove it to yourself. It'll come up real quick. You're not. But what we're talking about is an intimacy. We're talking about a union. An inseparable union with one another. That allows Him to share in your life. Not from the standpoint that He needs new experiences. But that He designed life on this planet to be experienced in union with Him. Do you recognize that? That's why we have so much whinging about, about all of the pain and the sufferings upon this planet, about what goes wrong and about the insecurities and the fears and the trials and tribulations of governments and politics and economics. All of that whinging is because people believe they go through that alone. But here's what Paul discovered. My union is so complete that it does not matter whether trials or tribulations or hardships. It doesn't matter what I'm confronted with. I am walking in union with Christ and the glory of that 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 circumstance, whatever it may be, will be revealed through Christ Jesus my Lord. It will be revealed as He has manifested His life through me. Here's the truth. And I've said this before. You will never know what God intended for you in whatever circumstance you're in if you try to separate yourself from the union of Christ in in the way you walk through it. If you go through it thinking, I'm the victim, I'm the persecuted one, I'm the one that's having to bear up under all of this, God, help me. There's no union in that word, help. Did you know that? You don't say, God, help me. You need rest, you say, God, be my rest. You need strength, you say, God, be my strength. You need, you need joy, you say, God, you are my joy. Jesus, you are my life. And you walk through that circumstance, whatever it is, and you recognize that you're not in it alone, that He has purpose in it, and you begin to walk in it in obedience and say, Father, You are my reward. You are my blessing. It doesn't matter where I'm at. I will be blessed in You. Now, Lord, You have Your way. You have Your will. You have Your purpose in whatever I'm going through because that is what is best for me. That is what is best for me. But no, many of us, and unfortunately a lot of teachers will tell you, you need to pray against your circumstances and pray for better ones. God absolutely wants you to have the very best. Listen, God is sovereign, and the enemy has no control except what he is given. He is a created being with no power other than what God allows. 
And if you don't believe it, look at Job. Read the story. He has to come and ask. And God allows, Romans 8:28. He only allows what is for your good in all circumstances. He only allows. Now listen, consequences are not necessarily carved in stone. We have, we have all done things that should have ended a certain way and didn't. Thank God. But the truth is that God uses our choices, our decisions, even our mistakes. And He allows bad things and good things. The enemy's work and, and the world's work. He allows all of those things to bring about His will and His work in your life. And what is that work? We had to get in pretty desperate straits before we re- totally received His life. Before we would receive His life. We had to understand how really messed up we were. How dark. How we were sinners. We had to come to a place where we understood all of that before we would receive His life, right? Now we have His life within us. Now, what God's plan is for you is to enter into the truth of what He has done in your life already. And how's He going to do that? How's he going to get you to understand that he is your strength by allowing you to be weak? How's he going to get you to understand he's your protection by allowing life to threaten you? How's he going to get you to understand that he is love by putting you in a place where there's no other source? You see, everything that Jesus talks about in the, in the Gospels and everything that you hear in the way of, of commandments in here are all designed to give you something to do that only Jesus can do through you. Love an enemy. And life is about taking that life within you and squeezing you until that life is manifested out of you. Before, so you get to the place where circumstances are coming down on you in such a way that you cry out unto heaven and say, I can't do it, I can't do it. And Jesus says, great, thank you. I'll be your life. I'll be your hope. I will be your rest. I'll be your strength. Just yield. And in that moment, I don't become a greater Christian. I just begin to live in the reality of the fact that I am one. You see, all of life is designed to squeeze us that His life might be shown and manifested through us. That we might mature in the truth of what's within us. We are no longer alone. We are joined in and by the blood of Jesus to the very life of Jesus, vitally connected so that He becomes my life and the sustainer of my life. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. In Him I shared His crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ, the Messiah, lives in me. And the life that I now live in the body... The walk that you live right now, I live by faith in, by adherence to, and reliance on, and complete trust in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Who is my life? Jesus. Colossians 3, verse 4. When Christ, who is our life, 
not who will be, who is, appears, then you will also appear with Him. The splendor of His glory. We are in in an inseparable union that is vital to life on every level, both in function and experience. When Paul says, you who were far off are far away, what he is referencing is the term that Jews used to use referencing Gentiles. They would say the Gentile, they would call the Gentiles those that are far away, those that are far off, because they were not Jewish, and therefore they could not enter into the covenant between the Jewish nation and God, which in the Jewish mind meant that they were less than human. They were subhuman. They were far away from God. And they couldn't get close to God. Because here's the issue. They were born Gentile. They weren't born Jewish. They were separated by birth. When the Jews would take a proselyte into Judaism, here's the thing, you could become a proselyte, which means you could join the Judaism as a religion, but you couldn't become a Jew. You were either a Jew or a Gentile. I can take up the Jewish faith, but it doesn't make me Jewish. When they took people in as a proselyte, they would refer to them as bringing them near. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ, the Messiah himself, died for sins once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous, the just for the unjust, the innocent for the guilty, that he might bring us to God, bring us near. In his human body he was put to death, but he was made alive in the spirit. Father has freed us from a life of a lonely slave, abused by the tyranny of Satan in this world, chained in darkness of soul and living without hope and purpose. When we were weak and unable to save ourselves, the picture is God straining his holy ear towards us, heard the faintest cry. It didn't take a lot of yelling and screaming and jumping up and down to receive Christ. All it said was, all you had to say was, Jesus. And he ran to you. He was anxious for you. He took us and delivered us. He heard our cry and he brought us to the safest and nearest place to himself, into the very life of his Son. Colossians 1.13 says, The Father has delivered us and drawn us to Himself out of the control and the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of His Son of love. He ran to you. He threw Himself upon you. And the picture is the same. You were like the prodigal in Luke 15. You had been a far away in a far off country. You were throwing yourselves to dissipation. You had been an enemy of all that your Father stands for. And you come back, and He doesn't wait for you to arrive. He runs to you. He runs to you. Do we even begin to understand God's passion for us? Do you not see that every day that you are alive, you are alive for the purpose of of knowing His love? The fact that you're drawing a a breath of air at this moment is a testimony to the very love and mercy of God. Do you understand that even the lost are operating under the grace of God because they are His creation and He loves them? He's not willing that any should perish, but they will. 
Because they reject the truth. Because they blow it off. Because this world is more important to them than the truth of their need for Him. And they're hostile to Him. And they hate Him. And the very people that walk around declaring God a fake and a phony or non-existent who are hostile towards His children, who would persecute, torture, kill, or do anything they could to drive out the name of Jesus. This very people He loves. And get this, He mercifully sustains Do you think there would be a lost man walking on the planet if God wasn't sustaining him? Who do you think holds him together? He loves. Jesus died for the sins of those who would be Christians. Is that what it says? He died for the sins of the whole world. The hostile, the angry, the selfish the murderer, the rapist, the killer, the homosexual, it doesn't matter. He died for them all. Because here's the thing. He shared His Father's heart. He loved them unconditionally. And He loves them now. He ran to you. We need to recognize the nearness of God, the love of God. Remember... We are near to God. We are in union with God, but we can live like we are alone. We don't create the nearness of God. We recognize the nearness of God, and that's the walk of faith. Now let's move to verse 14. And here we're told that we're that by and through our union with Him, He, by His person and presence, becomes our peace. Ephesians 2.14 For He is Himself our peace, our bond of unity and harmony. He has made us both Jew and Gentile one body and has broken down, destroyed, abolished the hostile dividing wall between us. Now we... we We can see right here in this verse, peace is not a feeling. Peace is not a feeling. Did you hear that? Peace is not a feeling. Many of us are seeking peace, but we have no idea what we're looking for. Peace is not a feeling. It's a person. And our ability to know that peace is realized in our union with Him. When people come to you and say, I don't have peace, what they're saying, whether they know it or not, is that I'm not recognizing Jesus. I know that I have the peace of God in the center of my being because He is peace. I know that at any time that I turn my faith and my love towards Him, my focus becomes Christ Jesus, I have peace. My emotions can be going 90 to nothing. I can be afraid, I can be upset, I can be angry, I can be any of those things. But if I take my focus off of the circumstances and put them upon Him, I stop right there in a position of faith before Him and recognize Him as my peace. Doesn't mean my heart doesn't stop beating 90 miles an hour. I'm not mad enough to yank somebody's head off. But it does mean that there becomes a, a solidity to who I am. There becomes a mooring that I can hold on to. There becomes a peace in me that I recognize that allows me to back away. 
to no longer count the circumstances as God. To no longer allow my emotions to be judge and jury of my experience. To no longer let the baggage of my past dictate the truth of this moment. I can stand in the peace of God and I can recognize the fact that I am one with Him. And through that union and through that that connection, I have life, I have peace, I have hope, I have joy, and it's all contained in this quivering mass of flesh. But it's there. It's there. It doesn't change. It does not say that His teachings are our peace, does it? It doesn't say His works are our peace, but refers directly to the very person of Christ. I know a lot of people try to get peace by seeing how much of the Bible they can read. You know what? Reading the Bible does not bring you peace. That's just a misstatement. Reading the Bible causes you to recognize the peace within you. Jesus is peace. Thank you for joining us today for His Life Revealed, the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship. We hope today's message has encouraged you to yield to His life in every situation. Rest in His life, moment by moment, and receive from His life all that you need to show Christ in this world. To get to know us better, visit us on the web at hislifefellowship.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. And join us for worship services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 7015 Wurzbach Road. If this message has blessed you, you can help support this program with your gift to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 781-529, San Antonio, Texas, 78278. And now, before we go, our prayer for you this coming week is that the image of the invisible God would be visible in you and that you would remember that wherever you go, whatever you do, the hope of glory is Christ in you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.